It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta, your weekly look at what's fun, entertaining, and educational in and around Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Every week, we're here to help you get ready for the weekend and bring you conversations with some of the most interesting people in arts, culture, food, and entertainment. Let's get started with a couple of events that are happening around town this week. The Avenue West Cobb Shopping Center in Marietta has plenty of retail shops that were big in the 90s, like Hallmark Store, a Sunglass Hut, and a famous footwear. Then there is something called Movie Buster in what used to be a Gap. Its logo suspiciously resembles that of the once ubiquitous blockbuster video rental store, now gone except for a single store in Bend, Oregon. Except Movie Buster isn't renting videos at all. It's actually an interactive experience called Save the Video Store, featuring actors playing archetypes from various 1990s movies such as Clueless, Men in Black, and Wayne's World. Read more about this unusual and new entertainment option on Rodney Ho's Georgia Entertainment Scene blog at AJC.com. It was telling of Umelika Kuumba's spirit that on her birthday, her first after losing both parents within eight months of one another, she would give a concert in their honor. Near the end of her show last September, surrounded by fellow musicians, Kuumba launched into a djembe drum solo, its bright rhythm gathering speed and intensity. Audience members clapped with her. Some came down to the stage and knelt in front of Kuumba, moving to the beat. As Kuumba radiated energy, she continued to breathe a still point at the center of a vortex of rhythm, sonority, and motion. Kuumba and her ensemble, Soaring High, blend traditional African rhythms with elements of house, reggae, neo-jazz, and contemporary soul music. The group has since recorded that program of original songs and arrangements, which they'll perform live in concert at an album release party on Sunday, May 22nd at the City of South Fulton's Southwest Arts Center. Read more about Kuumba and her ensemble in Cynthia Bond Perry's story on AJC.com. Stay tuned for more events later in the podcast, and after the featured conversation, we'll take a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, we'll hear from our dining team on this year's Spring Dining Guide. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Spring Dining Guide was published earlier this week. This time, we're focusing on something that just about everybody loves, pizza. Whether it's vegan options or a pie piled high with pepperoni, you're sure to find a favorite among the many options our team has compiled. You'll also find short profiles of the folks who create these tasty treats. And on this week's podcast, 
dining editor Lagaya Figueres, and AJC contributor and award-winning food and culture writer Wendell Brock will talk about our deep dive into this no-hassle, all-occasion affordable food that comes in a remarkable array of styles. Lagaya is here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Lagaya. Hi, Shane. How are you? I'm good. And uh, pizza, uh, you know, it's something that that everybody seems to love. I think, the, I don't know a person who doesn't love pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and the fact that it comes in so many styles, I guess, that helps with, with its universality. It's like, uh, you know, ubiquitousness. You can find it everywhere, but it, you know, you can fold some of them and some of them you eat with a fork. Um, that's right. You know, they, and they come in all styles. that's right. And also you can get it by the slice. You can get it um, in a whole pie, but depending on, you know, maybe you want 12 inches, maybe you want individual, maybe you want 14, maybe you want 22. Maybe you want to put, um, half toppings on one side and and the other half you want topped with something else. So it's kind of like, have it your way. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And even those of us who like anchovies can have them on there. (laughs) Yes. And whatever is available the next morning can be breakfast leftovers. Sure. So you guys put together a remarkable package. It really looks beautiful. And thank uh, you. You can find it all online. Um, there's so many great photographs of the pizza. And, uh, you know, it, it just covers the gamut. It shows the wide variety that you can find around Metro Atlanta. Yeah. And well, I think it also speaks to the times because sure, we did, you know, say focus on some classic toppings or maybe particular crust style, um, but also looking at the vegan options these days, looking at gluten-free crusts these days, doing a piece on pop-ups and, um, you know, what we call fusion, where we're bringing in some international flavors that, you know, to, and that would be uh, perhaps non-traditional, um, you know, speaks to the age in, in which we're living. And even some of them that are ghost kitchens or um, a thing, some, like the Atlanta pizza truck, you know, that you can have it on mobile um, option too, is really, we are living in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So, is there anything else we should know before we go into your conversation with Wendell? Well, I think the, the only thing that I would mention is, you know, for folks who are looking for pizza to be ranked, that was not the intention. And we're not going to do here the top 10 or the top 25. I would say that this is a fairly inclusive dining guide. Um, what we're doing is celebrating pizza as a cuisine. Um and, or, you know, maybe a, a genre in, in the food world, but we're not really getting into pizza wars. We're not going to do a battle over, you know, is Chicago style better than New York style or Detroit or whatever. Those are arguments that um, we're not, no one's going to win. And no. you're always probably going to have your favorite. But the exciting thing about the Atlanta pizza offerings is it's so diverse that if you want to check out or want to explore, go deeper, there are so many options. So um, this is a celebration of pizza. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, um, I guess that's it. So uh, we'll head into your conversation uh, with Wendell Brock about uh, our spring dining guide and about Atlanta's many, many options for pizza. Thanks so much, Lagaya. Thank you, Shane.
We have long been a pizza-loving nation, but no more so than during the pandemic. In 2020, the number of pizza restaurants across the U.S. peaked at more than 78,000, and they generated more than $46 billion in sales. In Metro Atlanta, nearly two dozen independent pizzerias opened a first or second location since COVID-19 struck. The AJC Spring Dining Guide explores pizza every which way and the people who make and bake it. We feature more than 60 pizzerias that are dishing out pies in practically every style. I'm joined now by my fellow dining critic, Wendell Brock, to discuss Atlanta's pizza scene. Wendell, thanks again for joining me. Hey there, Lagaya. how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Okay, another dining guide. Another pizza party. <laughs> We're having a pizza party. It's been a pizza party for months. This research is taking a lot longer than we anticipated. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that? What was the process? What, what all was involved here? Okay, well, you know, you and I had planned to do a critics pizza package way back in the, uh, in the fall, and that just sort of, uh, uh, things got in the way. And then one of those things was Omicron, and we sort of had to put a pause on stuff, but then we knew that the dining guide was coming around again. And um, pizza seems to actually be one of the safest food service concepts during a pandemic, as it turns out. Yeah, it's also obviously a really good thing to, to get us takeout. Absolutely. Unless, well, it's, the, unless it's Neapolitan, which doesn't travel that well. You, need to, really, eat a, you need to eat it right then. That's a good, right good point. Good point. Yeah. But you know what? I think just like in a way, just like some of the restaurant owners who have pivoted, pivoted, pivoted during the pandemic, when it comes to a dining guide, we didn't want to have to, you know, throw the whole thing to the wind just because uh, um, uh, we're experiencing some next surge in, in um, a public health crisis. So, yeah. So here we are with pizza. Uh, many people love it. And, uh, you know, it's apart from Neapolitan, it travels well, it would handle for takeout. So yes, pizza. Yay, pizza. Does anybody not love pizza? I don't know anybody that doesn't love pizza. I know people who are very particular about their pizzas, you know, whether, whether it's going to be the crust or the toppings that they want on it. But I don't know anybody who doesn't love a slice of pizza. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we, we've been we've been dealing with it for a long time. Um, and you wrote a bunch of stories. I wrote a bunch of stories. Angela Hansberger did. Yvonne Zussel did. Bob Townsend did. You know, in total, we've got eleven stories. We featured, you know, more than five dozen spots. Um, what for you are highlights from from this package? Um, well, I really loved Angela's story on the... Um, pizza only? Yes, thank you for saying that for me. Um, she talked to... How many, I, I was trying to see how many she talked to. Quite a, yeah, I think quite there's a few, right around... Like, right, oh, just around a dozen or so. Mm -hmm. Baker, Baker's dozen. Anyway, I just thought that was so informative because she talked about their backgrounds. And I didn't know we had so many pizza only who are who are from Naples. And then there's another tier of, of people who went to Italy and studied the craft. So yes. I, I thought that was very, she also talked about, about their te techniques and a little bit about their ovens and how long it takes to make a pizza. And those uh, ovens are so hot and powerful and 
in many cases, it only takes like under a minute. So. Well, I think it was important to do that um, story because uh, as food writers, it's, it's very easy just to focus on the food itself, but the real, but, but it takes learning about the people, the, 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 the art and craft of making a pizza and just how um, studied they are, you know, and versed when it comes to that. And also just the tools of the trade too. Yeah. I really enjoyed um, that, pa- that part of the, the package. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the pizza makers that she wrote about is, is Luca Veruni. Yeah. Um, his place is called Veruni Napoli. And I right. believe you had the opportunity to meet him and his mentor recently, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You- they held, I, I love to talk about that. That was a yeah. really special afternoon. Um, so it was in April and they had kind of what I'm going to call a pizza tasting party. And there are about five different um, pizza formats, I would say, that they, that they um, showcased. But the reason for the occasion was because Luca's mentor, his name is Enzo Coccia, um, and he's the first Michelin rated. He he's from La Notizia, uh, and and his is the first Michelin rated pizzeria ever. Um, and it was the first time for him to come and see his protege at his new place. Even so, you know, Luca had opened um, Veruni back in 2014. So this was a real moment for you know mentor mentee, you know, uh, coming together and and sharing that time and a, and a love of pizza. So that was really. Uh, terrific. Yeah. And, you know, um, during that um, tasting, Enzo, his mentor, said something that resonated with me. And it was that pizza was born out of necessity instead of pleasure. And I think why it resonated, too, is because of the time that we are in uh, so much. Um, the pandemic feels like, ah, what's really really important or basics, you know, we get back to basics a little bit and being reminded that pizza was once upon a time, just a flatbread with, you know, tomatoes. And that's, you know, know, it's birth in Naples in the 18th century. It's poor man's sustenance. And, um, and that was just a powerful statement because these days, you know, pizzas can, some of them be pretty darn expensive or we're willing to travel uh, very, very far places just to get what we might think of as the quote unquote, the authentic version of whatever pizza it is we're seeking out. And pizza's origins are so humble. Yeah. And that, that, um, that holds true for, for New York and, and New Jersey. I mean, it's a, it's a every man's, um, meal that you can that you can grab on the street and eat a slice of pizza it's a big part of the of the uh food culture in new york and new jersey and um we wrote about some slice places and um i can't remember (laughs) what they are right now i'll have to look up the story but i I think the the um the the story of blind pizza is interesting because the the owner and founder Rob Birdsong was, he, he lived in New York for a long time. And then he moved back to Atlanta and was working in Midtown and he couldn't find any slice joints. So he decided to open one and his, he's been really successful in his pizza. I think is yes. Really good. I love, well, I'm the one that wrote the buy the slice so I can just <laughs> well, thank say, you. Oh, it's yeah, like, <laughs> how I, convenient. I really enjoyed glide so much. I love their takeout window, which is, you know, um, I think he said at some point that it's like the takeout, 
window aspect is now officially part of, you know, the concept. Um, and man, those, those, those pieces are great. I also really enjoy the, the personality of, you know, for the one that's at the location that's in Inman Park, um, they do the delivery by electric bike, which is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, of the times kind of thing. And among those pizzas, I mean, they were all good. I really like the homegrown with the pimento, you know, the melted pimento cheese on top. And um, it, that to me feels very Atlanta. Yeah. Does that one have pepperoni on it? Does it? Uh, Do you remember? No, no, that's, for, no that's not okay. pepperoni. For a while, he had a special, I believe, that had um, pimento cheese and cupping pepperoni and hot honey. I think. Okay, wait. I now, think. I may be you're going to make me. We've, uh, we've all. <laughs> but it was said... a special, though. It was a special because okay. I wrote about it, but it's been over a year. But so. the. the, the... I would say the the feature of it is the fact that it is it does have the pimento cheese. Now you're yeah. making me second guess myself and what was all what the other. No, no, this was a work. special. It, it may be long gone, but it, it was really good. It just really worked. All right. Well, tell me about some other ones that you enjoyed learning about. Actually, you know what? I want you to talk because this is because you are pop up man. And when I sit there and say, you know, pizza has uh, um, it's so storied. The pop up thing is kind of new. So you did a piece on um, various pop up concepts that specialize in pizza. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um yeah. Pop-ups really took off during the pandemic for obvious reasons. I mean, people were looking for, for things to do and people who had had dreams of businesses or, or restaurants, you know, finally had some time on their hands and um, pop-ups are, are portable. They can move around and Atlanta has so many um, breweries and there's a kind of a, a, a compatibility between breweries who need to serve food and, and pop-ups who can can move around and, and meet that need. So um, the one of the really interesting ones is um, Dolo's Pizza, which is now at Underground Atlanta, um, which is where Masquerade is. It's a live music venue, so I think they do a, a really good business because of that. But um, one of the owners is is um, is is part Jamaican, part Cuban. So they use some interesting tropical ingredients and some um, Jamaican foods like jerk chicken on their pizzas. So that that one is really interesting. Um, And another one, which um, you know I like to talk about is uh, Fuse Pizza. It's a guy named Matthew Foster. His nickname is Fuse. Yes, and he has been a pizza lover all his life, and and sort of played around with it a lot. And he wanted to come up with a with a Atlanta style pizza, and he was trying. He was kind of brainstorming, like what are the what's what are the iconic Atlanta ingredients? And of course, Atlanta is a chicken wing loving town, especially lemon and pepper chicken wings and lemon yes. pepper wet. So he puts um, chicken wings on his lemon pepper. Uh-huh pizza and his lemon pepper hot pizza. Um, I just think that's, that's a fun story that kind of speaks to our culture and, and uh, speaks to Atlanta. So I, I think you're right. Now, the other day we held a subscriber event where you and I were chatting also about the dining guide and, uh, 
I'm bringing this up because you mentioned yeah, uh, at, at that in. point that, yeah, it, it, uh, the, the lemon pepper um, in terms of uh, Atlanta personality. And the question was, um, does or will Atlanta have a definitive pizza style? And you, uh, the first thing that came to your mind was that particular pizza with the lemon pepper wet type thing. Yeah. Yeah. We were sort of put on the spot and I don't really feel like Atlanta has a style. Cause when you, when you think about style, it's usually has something to do with the crust. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I was, I was kind of stumped and yeah. <laughs> I had well, to come I mean- up with something. So uh, but I think you have some some good thoughts on that. Well, I think that there's definitely Atlanta, just like the lemon pepper toppings do bring a um, flavor. like a, a flavor of Atlanta or an Atlanta personality. And I'm even thinking too of let's say for example that place called Plant Based Pizza, which is a vegan place, and he's got a um, like it's it's I can't remember the name of it, but it's with Georgia peaches and it's sort of his riff off of um, a Hawaiian pizza right but it's for Georgia okay so maybe that's Georgia but it felt kind of Atlanta-ish to be and then as I mentioned before the glide pizza with homegrown's um, pimento cheese on top that feels like a like you know a um, sprinkling of Atlanta personality to the toppings but when I think about a pizza style that would be definitive Atlanta I don't think that we have one. And I really don't think that we will. I think that it takes a critical mass of some sort to, to, to offer you know, a collective similar style. And because this city is so international, I don't see us um, you know, getting to a place where there's one, you know, the one and only or the one and best is, is X style. So that's just sort of my, th- I think we're going to just see um, dashes um, or, you know, maybe fusion, like you did a whole thing on some fusion pizzas. We're going to see that because we're so international, but I do think that we're, we're just going to continue to see concepts from people who have a passion for making pizza in a particular style that suits them. And in a manner that, you know, flavor wise or crust wise or whatever, that that's what they do. That's what their thing, thing is. <laughs> This is Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We'll continue with more from our dining team on the Spring Dining Guide. But first, here's more of our list of things to do around Metro Atlanta. Fringe material exists on the edges of clothing, giving outfits an added touch that sets them off from the expected tidy hems. Much of the theatrical material coming to the Atlanta Fringe Festival from May 16th through 22nd is also edgy and organizers and performers hope that the fest will entertain audiences and maybe set them off. Beginning May 19th, 20 different hour-long shows will be staged at Seven Stages, Neighborhood Church, and the Wrecking Bar in the Little Five Points area. The festival conducts a lottery every year, choosing its roster for the hour-long shows in a random drawing. As a result, French's mix of local and national performers who bring a variety of shows is always a surprise. Find out more about the festival and who will be performing in a story from our partners at Arts ATL, which you'll find on AJC.com. With a one-night-only performance of Tara Lee's Everything is Waiting, Terminus Modern Ballet Theater will close the season marked by return and migration, a disappointing cancellation, and promising new growth. 
Terminus had plans to perform Everything is Waiting at Georgia Tech's first Center for the Arts in March, but director John Welker made a tough call to cancel the two scheduled shows to avoid an anticipated financial loss. The work has been rescheduled for May 21st at Kennesaw State University's Stillwell Theater. Head to AJC.com to get all the details about the performance in a story from our partners at Arts ATL. Now it's time for this week's adoptable pet from the folks at Lifeline, who run the Fulton and Cab shelters along with the Lifeline Community Animal Center. Zarina is a sweet two-year-old who always has her eye on the ball and is looking for a playful pal. We know she would do wonderful with someone whose love language is also quality time. Zarina is ready to share her big smile with you. Go meet her at the DeKalb County Animal Shelter. You'll find a photo of Zarina and a link to her bio on the shelter's website on the story page for this podcast at AJC.com. This is Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The facts matter now more than ever. Get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution so you know what's really going on. And you're helping us fulfill our mission to bring you the news that's important to you. Subscribe today at subscribe.ajc.com podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com podcast to join the community for just 99 cents. Let's continue our conversation about Atlanta's pizza scene. And back to Matthew Foster a little bit. His, sure. his, his crust is basically Neapolitan. It's thin and um, he, he calls it uh, metropolitan style pizza. Sort of like that. Yes. Nice. Sounds very Atlanta. Now, and I, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I looked up since we were talking about Glide and, and I, I conflated those two pizzas there. You're right. The homegrown has um, mozzarella, mushroom, green onion, and dollops of pimento cheese. Okay. And he had something called the Georgia Scorcher, which had cupping pepperoni, pickled serranos, red pepper flakes, and drizzles of Mike's hot honey. So I okay. conflated the two. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's all right. No worries. Actually, speaking of honey, that was one of the lovely um, components to a pizza that I ate um, when I was uh, pushing the my favorite, well, my picks for some pepperoni pizzas around town, and that is called the Beam Me Up Scotty from Atwood um, Pizza in Midtown, and that has hot honey on it, and it was, it's a really interesting topping combination, but the honey really adds this, you know, um, sweet balancing act to the other um, toppings on the pizza, and I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, for those of us who like a little something sweet with our savory. Yes. Sweet yes. and salty together. And I, I, I've said this before, but I love the cupping pepperoni because you can drizzle honey over it. And those little cups that curl up when you bake the pepperoni catch the honey. So. Yes, I do. And well, <laughs> My, and I my meant- cupping pepperoni runneth over. With honey. But the, my other recommendation for if you like cupping pepperoni, almost to the point that you want to grab some sort of like um, a paper towel and dab off all of the the oil that's being, you know, the, the fat that's being rendered. It's um the Gala's Pizza in, in Brookhaven. They do. I really liked how their pepperoni turns out. And I mean, this is a Buffalo South, so they're going to go all the way to the edges with the pepperoni. You know, some people don't necessarily, they want that outer yeah. crust. Yeah. No, no, yeah. this is pepperoni all the way around. 
So, good. yes, it was good. Um, did you have any uh, sort of, let me call them, fun experiences when you were dining out? I mean, part of going to a pizza, there's fun at it to be had at a pizza parlor. Did you have fun experiences? I did. I did a, a, a story, as you know, on, on fusion pizzas. And a lot of those are, are internationally influenced. Uh-huh. And um, I, I went to this place that I, it's a Korean place called Joy Pizza and Joy Chicken. And they do Korean style pizzas and Korean fried chicken. And uh, I was like, well, <laughs> we ended up getting something called Oh gosh, it's called, it's called it's something like the snowing shrimp, and it had okay. all these ingredients in it, and it was good and and really a, a beautiful you know thing to look at. But but they the, they also do pizza and chicken combinations, and I was like, well, wouldn't it be great if there was some Korean fried chicken on a pizza? Like they you know they were pushing the the popcorn yes. chicken, and yes. the, the guy just laughed at me. He was like, that's so silly. We would never do that. But I think. That would be a, a great combination. So I think so too. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, well, I'm going to tell you what my about you? favorite. Yeah. Yes, my favorite like pizza parlor moment. It was when I went to Marietta Pizza Company and I had some uh, dining partners with me, and I was there because I was. They have such a a wide offering of pizza by the slice and not just their regular crust, but also their Sicilian pies. And so it truly became this by the slice tasting party. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, they got more. It was so fun to get, you know, these pretty hefty individual slices um, on all the different trays as they were coming out. We could barely keep up, but that was a great time. And they, um, I, th- I want to say one of my, the peculiar ones, if folks are looking for something a little bit more unique, um, is the chicken Alfredo. That's one of the topping offerings. And that was kind of different. Yeah, and that actually that ended up being, it would, that would be my recommendation to try, um, you know, something a little bit out of the ordinary. Another out of the ordinary, by the way, that didn't make the guide, but I just want to throw it out there, is um, a pizza by the name of Sophia Loren at Crispina um, Pizza, where they it's basically a margarita, but the crust is fried. So that was kind of... Um, uh, something a little bit, yeah, that's a little bit different. Um, did you have any pizzas that you didn't get to include in the guide, but you felt you, you wish that you had a, uh, you know, a, a place to chat about them? Uh, I, I didn't really, um, but, but I think we have some reader recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, <laughs> readers will always let us I, know. I, yeah. I didn't really have anything that I, that I couldn't include. Okay, so um, maybe I'm going to sh- throw out a few, but you've been lived here a lot longer right. than I have. And um, I, I'm excited to try some of these places. Someone told us about a place in Ackworth and it's called Generations. And the reader said it's the only pizza place outside of Charlotte, North Carolina in the Southeast US that makes what is known as Quad Cities style. Now the Quad Cities is Rock Island, Moline on the Illinois side of the Mississippi River Davenport, Bettendorf, Iowa area. I know that area because I actually have family over there. Um, but anyway, that so apparently it, it originated in 
the hometown, her hometown of Rock Island, Illinois. And uh, yeah, it's called Generations. Have And they even have all the things on the wall, apparently, all the decor is also in homage to Quad Cities. Have you heard of that kind of pizza before? No, I haven't. Okay, so Ackworth, gen, the place is called Generations. Um, okay. Another person told me about the oldest pizza, supposedly they said, the oldest pizza restaurant in Atlanta, and it's called Paro's. It's been around for 50 years, and it's run by Charlie Paro and his son, Billy, and it's on, uh, uh, it's in Paces Ferry Plaza on uh, Northside Park, Northside, right by um, I-75. I don't know about Paro's. I'm going to have to check it out. Is Are you familiar with it? Is it spelled P-E-R-R-O or P-A? P-E-R-O apostrophe S. Peros. Okay. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. So there's that one. And then two other ones. And, you know, again, like I I have to admit, I haven't checked them out, so I need to. But Oz Pizza on Main Street and East Point, they do have a Fairburn location. But the person who contacted us was really pushing them not just because for that location, just because it's a real great neighborhood place. I think a lot, you know, uh, depending on where you live, there is going to be, like you know, a neighborhood um, pizzeria. And this person really liked it. Um, apart from the fact that they've got this great patio, it's so close to Marta and there's access to like a mini soccer field and stuff. And finally for a decent Detroit pie, uh, someone wanted me to check out a place called triple J's pizza on Piedmont. Have you been to triple J's? No, never heard of it. Okay. So now we've got four more, you know, I mean, the list of pizza spots in Metro Atlanta is a phone book. So it really is. we did our best. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be more, more to try out. Yeah. Did you see that question from our reader? Um, who who was asking us if we know where if we if we know where to find an Ohio style cracker crust? Yep, and my answer I, I have, is I, I I'm gonna have to still get <laughs> back with them because I, or is he I just don't pulling know. our leg? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I'm willing to go do the research and stuff, but um, I, I, Ohio I had trouble envisioning crust, that. You know what? That's got to be like I think he just thin. means yeah, thin and super crackly. So there's always more, you know, once you get started on a project like this, you realize how little, you know, there's always more to learn. So um, the pizza scene, we'll just keep covering it as we can. (laughs) So what about, this is a little, this related, it's a little off topic, but what about people who like to make pizza at home? Um, Are we, don't we have a a story on making pizza at home? Well, then the answer is, um, hang on for a few more weeks. Yes, oh, okay. indeed. It's coming up. Okay. It's I coming it up. So folks can look forward to um, in the food section, uh, we will be covering uh, ways to make pizza at home. And on top of it, um, of course, we try to uh, make our stories seasonally appropriate with our recipes. So they're going to find um, the pizzas of summer. So okay. you can check that well- out. Unfortunately, I think we're out of time. I think we're out of time. Wendell, thanks again for for um, tackling another yet another dining guy with me, eating all the pizzas. Well, and thank you so much for having me. Yes. So for anybody who hasn't read our uh, spring dining guide with a focus on pizza, you can check out the guide at AJC.com forward slash pizza. And Wendell, um, happy eating. Continued happy eating to you. Okay. Same to you. <laughs> All right, take care until next time. I will. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Take care.
The AJC brings you the best of what's happening in and around Atlanta on AJC.com, along with deeper looks at trends in arts and entertainment and compelling looks at lost bits of history. Here's a taste of what you'll find there. With pollen season finally out of the way and temperatures poised to surge, venues across the city are gearing up for a searing summer of world-class entertainment. Venues, parks, amphitheaters, clubs, and every other imaginable performance space, including Truist Park and Mercedes-Benz Stadium, are offering an incredible menu of entertainment. Diversity is key with a schedule that includes classic artists as well as must-see new performers, sure to please even the pickiest palate. As usual, Piedmont Park bookends the season by hosting the Atlanta Jazz Festival, May 28th through the 30th, and the 2022 edition of Music Midtown, September 17th through the 18th. In between, ATL will sizzle with pop culture royalty, including a Beatle, a Beach Boy, and Lady Gaga. Get the details on the summer concert season and go guide in this Friday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com. The COVID-19 pandemic upended life as they knew it for the class of 2022. High school classes went virtual, sports programs, school dances, debate clubs, and other activities were postponed or canceled. But as their senior year got underway, this year's graduating class regained some semblance of normality. In this week's Living in Arts section in the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we'll hear from some of Metro Atlanta's valedictorians on how they worked hard to achieve academic success during challenging times. They share their plans for the future. They also share their wisdom and advice, as well as stories about going to school during the pandemic. You'll also find their stories online at AJC.com. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, so you'll never miss an episode. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host and the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.